analysis you want without the interruptions. Only on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Subscribe now through your Amazon Prime account for free. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is The Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Because they came to who's house? you go to college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Let's play some basketball! Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the Sportzilla Show. Here's Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Rain and Scooter. Scope, my man Seth Goldberg, hashtag Greenberg, did it again, man. I'm checking off my list of things I want to talk about on the Sportsilla show. <laughs> I think he was like six out of ten topics. Awesome. We got to expand on some of this. Shout out to the host of Orange Nation. I, I still haven't found out what he thought about Rick Beardsley joining us yesterday because I know I know it's his boy. So I got to ask him that off the air. Uh, you can watch us on twitch.tv slash Talk. Yeah, that's mind-blowing, though, uh, this this Syracuse-Rutgers lacrosse game with no spectators now. Well, and, and, and the Warriors playing a game without fans. And, I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James has backtracked on saying the other day, I suppose half-hearted joking, whatever it was. I mean, he wasn't being completely serious, but, man, I ain't playing if there's no fans. Well, he has backtracked on that statement as the coronavirus is it's just exponentially getting bigger every day as far as affecting way of life, our way of life. And it's far beyond sports. Now, of course it's infiltrated the sports world. You can't just stick to sports because this is far bigger than sports. This is a, I don't know if it's a global epidemic. I don't think it's it's called a pandemic today, but uh, officially. Yeah. I mean, 80% of the people that get this are going to be fine. You're going to get sick. You're going to be fine. It's keeping those that are, they have a weakened immune system, for example, or the elderly. they're elderly, or they this would compound a pre-existing condition. It's us saying, wait a minute, we don't want to infect those that are vulnerable, that death is the ultimate, well, I guess the the end result of this is fair to say. Well, I mean, we don't know what we're dealing with yet. That's right. And uh, people are struggling with that. And that's the way life is. Let's be honest. We we think we are all-knowing and a lot smarter than we really are. But we haven't tested everybody. Okay? And so that's why the, a lot of the numbers of these cases are going up. Because they're, they're testing it more. They finally have... But we don't have a, a, a vaccine for it or anything. That's a year and a half, year to a year and a half to develop that. So now they're getting the testing kit spread out across the country and... Uh, We've got to deal with the consequences. I guess it's a better safe than sorry situation. Certain games will go on. Certain games will not go on. Uh, What the Warriors are doing is probably going to have a trickle-down effect within just the NBA alone. Uh, As you know, Syracuse announced yesterday when they come back from spring break, they're going to move all the classes online. I mean, there's certain classes that are easier to do that way than others, but it's going to be a pain in the you-know-what for people, but you're just going to have to deal. If we do what we need to now and we, we deal with this accordingly and, and everybody stays calm and 
washes the hands and tries not to expose those that are vulnerable, we'll be all right and everything will get back to normal sooner rather than later. It's, a, it's in the grand scheme of things, hopefully, hopefully a minor inconvenience for most people. But don't worry about it. Life will go on, but there's still sports to talk about. So that's what we're here to do. There is a game tonight that's happening at about 9 o'clock. At least as of right now, you don't know what could change between now and then. But Syracuse and UNC, they've won four out of five. The exception being last Saturday, the 89-76 loss to Duke. They have improved in this last part of the season without question. Drastically. This is not the... This is not the UNC team that you were like, whoa, this is a historically bad season. They're just terrible because guess what? Right now, they're not terrible. This this is a team that could beat Duke. This You might see them win this thing. I, I was I was going to say it last week, but then I'm like, eh, and I've seen a little bit more now, and I'm like, Cole Anthony's legit right now. He, he's got some games under him. He's shaking off the rust from the arthroscopic procedure that he had, and he's a really good basketball player, and he's carrying UNC right now. He has made them, since his return to the lineup, a completely different team, and that's what you're seeing right now. That's what you're up against. Yeah, the homer in me wants to believe that Q's can run the table, but the probability of this happening tonight, if we're honest with ourselves, it's not looking very good. I, I don't know how many of us expect to win. You never say never, but yeah, it's it's not a pretty sight right well, now. Know, look at this. What's really stood out to me statistically is, and we've talked about how the threes aren't going down for the orange. But when you look at Elijah Hughes and his last twelve games, he's made seventeen out of seventy three attempts from three point range, and we know that Buddy and uh, JG three and Elijah are taking the lion's share of the three-point shots for the orange and they aren't going down. And I, I've said it over and over again. I keep hoping that that's going to change. And I think it'll change. Thought it would change. Be great if it changed tonight, but boy, it's a long shot. I, I mean, they, they aren't making the threes and then they give up a lot of threes. Other teams are taking a large number of threes against the orange. I think it's the most in the ACC in, in terms of attempts, and they're making a lot of them. They've they've allowed opponents to make thirty three point eight percent of three point attempts. There you have it. I I just want to believe. I want to believe, and I'm envisioning. And I'm sitting back and going, and I'm thinking about the game tonight, and maybe daydreaming, going, maybe as you just said, they get hot tonight. Maybe. They're both on fire. Maybe Buddy's on fire. Maybe Joe Girard is on fire. They make all their foul shots. Barama keeps doing what he's doing. He has the last handful of games, six, seven, eight games, whatever it is, he's he's been better and better and better. A little bit better. He's gonna foul. He, he's gonna he's gonna pick up his fouls. But if if he can at least keep himself in the game and give them a chance, what he's been doing in the middle is it's key to this game tonight, especially with say somebody like uh, Garrison on North Carolina. Was he, what did he have, 26 and 14 when they played a couple weeks ago? He's a guy you got a key on, too. Man, it's just a deeper, better North Carolina team. There's things that I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm worried about this. But then I want to just look at the positives, and I want to believe that those three-pointers are going to go down for us, completely reversing a trend that we've seen as of late. Barama had 
15 rebounds against the Tar Heels last time. Yeah, it was great. And they out-rebounded us by 10 in that game. And he had 15. Can you imagine? So, I mean, if... And that was a pretty good rebounding night for him. You know, so... Look, he's got to do that again. You got to hope that maybe North Carolina is a little flat. Maybe their uh, shooting goes cold. But, you know, f- they've won four out of their last five, and their only loss is the Duke. You know, the trend is is not in that direction, unfortunately. I suppose if you're going to lose to somebody, losing to Duke would be acceptable. You might expect that to happen because, obviously, Duke is Duke. Dolzhai needs to be that guy tonight. He has to have one of those... Marek Dolajai games where we're sitting there when we're maybe watching the game and we're flipping through Twitter at the same time going, yeah, everybody's talking about Doli. It's always a good thing when everybody's talking about Doli. When he stuffs the stat sheet, that works out well for us. And I suppose a jacket toss, you know, at some point in this game might be beneficial because statistically the odds are in our favor. We have a very good winning percentage when that happens. It's got to be at the right time, though. Yeah, you need Marek to have a good game. You need Barama to have a good game. All the stars have to line up for the Orange tonight. That's just the way it is. Like, none of the components can really be off here. Everybody who gets an opportunity has to make the most of that opportunity. They got to try and get the threes. Now, a lot of that is, you know, the, the threes that haven't been going down. A lot of that is how they're getting played against, you know, the, the the defense that they're facing. So, look, maybe they get some better shots. Maybe the, more of them go down. Gosh, you know, a couple more of them go down. We win that Miami game. You know, it, it was overtime. So it's not like uh, we're way out of these games. We aren't getting shellacked. If we can just get there and hang in there and be there at the end, that's when – I think Coach Beheim really shines, and he can put together these little wrinkles or put a lineup out there in key situations that is able to do something that can maybe get you a win, can get you a couple of key points to get a, a victory. I'd sure like to see them uh, get a couple of wins here in the ACC tournament. 9 o'clock tonight is tip-off. Elijah Hughes is going to be their focus, I think, if... They shut him down or at least try to or at least make it difficult for him. I'm stating the obvious. I mean, that's North Carolina's key to win this game. It led the ACC in scoring. He was a first team. Just just an outstanding player. But he is the guy that you really got to focus on. And I'm hoping he goes off. He struggled. You pointed out the numbers. He struggled from from distance. But he can do so many other things. There are so many other ways that he can score. And you know something? It's not like everybody wants to knock Bayheim for certain reasons. It's not like Jim doesn't know this. So it's not like they're going to game plan and try to find ways to get Elijah involved and get him his shots and and get him his points. And, and, you know, get him to the free throw line. Make your free throws. Brent X says it all the time. Free throws matter. That might be one of the keys for everybody on this team. That might be a way to do this. To perhaps beat this team that if you look at it on paper and the way that they've been playing recently, if you're honest with yourself as a Syracuse fan, it's a tall task tonight. It really is. But you have to believe. I always will believe until the game's over. I want to see this trend of the Orange not performing so well in the ACC tournament get turned on its head a little bit. The granddaddy of them all? Two and five in these ACC tournament games. I don't want to get some wins. I don't want to be a one and done 
You know, I want to get some wins and kind of turn that around a little bit because we haven't had a whole lot of success in this tournament. I want to get some wins and change that, change the complexion of that. We all remember Jim Beheim's comments about Greensboro, where the ACC tournament is held, and how he preferred Madison Square Garden, New York City, thinks it's better for his players. He said they got a couple nice restaurants. Every year around this time now, since the tournament's in Greensboro, we revisit those comments. Jim always gets asked about that. So he did say, my only comment was related to, I think it's better for fans to be in a big city, but for coaches, I'd rather come here. It's less traffic. The people are really nice. I've been to Greensboro a couple times, and it's a nice place. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's not going to go down that path again, is he? Hashtag. Nope. No, classic Bayheim. Uh, and NCAA, by the way, is continuing to assess uh, to assess how this coronavirus impacts the conduct of tournaments and events. They are consulting with public health health officials, their advisory panel. They are leading experts uh, in public health, and they're going to decisions in the coming days. Because we're Ohio has ordered the NCAA to not allow fans in for the first four next week in Dayton. Wow. Just so came there, through. So well, there I, you go. I, I don't know if you saw, I was telling the glue guy about this earlier. They called off classes at the University of Dayton last night and told students that they're going to have to leave their university housing. And they took to the streets and it was, uh, they had to call out the SWAT teams and the riot police. And they had a whole incident in Dayton last night, University of Dayton Flyers. And... You know, that's the first sort of reaction to this news that I've seen like that, where students reacted like that. We've got SUNY, the City University of New York. uh, They're now going online with their classes. That seems to be the way we're going, at least until we know how we can get a handle on this thing. You know, there's insurance, there's liability, there's the, the lives of people. You know, we have to be concerned about that. Yeah, there's there's lawsuits if this is not handled properly, because if you're if you're in charge of making the decision, do we allow a lot of people to collect here to watch said game, whatever level and whatever sport? If somebody then contracts the virus because you allowed that game to happen, you will be sued. We that, are in the state that has the most cases of this confirmed cases in in the union. And look, we don't know what we're dealing with. You can scream that it's a hoax. You can scream that it's it's not a hoax. We don't know. Sometimes things are in the middle, in between, and we don't know. The, the administrators or the people in charge of making these decisions are erring on the side of caution right now because they don't know a lot. And you're learning second by second. There you go. Uh, how, how this is just kind of... I mean, we, we've got experts cautioning against uh, so, March Madness games with fans right. present. So, look, this is ongoing, and we're going to see more of it until they get a handle on it. We don't have enough test kits. We don't know where it's And going. the Ivy League has canceled all sporting activities. Absolutely, yeah. We were talking about that a little bit yesterday. It's just amazing, and we don't know where this is going to be literally by the time we come back from this commercial break that we're about to take. You never know. You had some breaking news four minutes ago. Sportszilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Going to talk a little bit more about the NBA because coronavirus is affecting that, but how about a few things on the court, too? All next. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. 
talking sports every day right here on Twitch, on ESPN's Radio Syracuse. Going to talk a little NBA because it was that was a big weekend for the Lakers. They lost last night to the Nets, 104 to 102. But LeBron James sort of reasserted himself as the king, if you will, with wins over the Bucks and the Clippers over the weekend. Tough game last night. They missed some shots at the end. They could have won that game, but they were trailing. Uh, I think there was a letdown after the the excitement of the weekend. Anthony Davis was so wide open, and he missed that shot. I was shocked he missed that shot. I was shocked they lost to the Nets, too, but that's a whole other situation, glue guy. So, so I have to point out, too, the irony of the LeBron not in the MVP conversation because when he was with the Cavs, oh, it's just the East. Now that Giannis is ruling the East, let's give it to him. How stupid is that conversation? Well, it's it's the Jordan haterade is what it is. Yes. There is a large contingent of people out there who uh, don't want to accept any challenger to the throne upon which Michael Jordan sits. But in reality, a lot of people have made some pretty serious challenges to that, uh, one of which is no longer with us, Kobe Bryant. God rest his soul. But LeBron James, without question, what he is doing is historical in nature. There's nobody like him. He's We really sort of, without realize it, realizing it, we, we compare him to himself, I, to his earlier self. You know, uh, he's being compared. He's 35 now. I just try to remind myself to, to stop paying attention to all the off-court nonsense and just look what happened. Look what's happening on the court. And when you look at LeBron, he's a generational talent, and he's been good for so long, we tire of of the familiar. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God, when are we going to stop hearing about this guy? That's, that's why for years it was really the anybody but LeBron James MVP award. You're hearing about him because what he's doing is, I'll use the word because it is, it is, it is unprecedented. Or it's at the very least... It's few and far between that you see. You just brought up one of them, Kobe, who was doing it at that age. I mean, there's not a lot of guys. Uh, Michael, and near the end of his run, in his beyond his mid 30s, in his late 30s, I suppose, just starting his late 30s, when he won the the sixth championship. So when guys are that good for that long. You'll sit there and you go, oh, my God, I'm so sick of hearing about how great this guy is all the time. So what you're saying is Giannis is the flavor of the month? You, no, Giannis, Giannis is going to keep doing this. The narrative is going to turn to him in a few years because what has he done? He's gotten better and better and better. This narrative that all he does is dunk is a load of crap. Watch him play. Are you watching? the? You're not watching the games if you're making stupid statements like that. Because, oh, my God, his size with his athletic ability and the things that he can do now. I mean, he's hitting threes, too. Why do you think people marvel at Anthony Davis? Because what he's how athletic and good he is at the size that his guys are seven feet tall. It's amazing. And, you know, you talk about the narrative eventually flipping on Giannis at some point in time, there's going to be the, well, he's got no rings. You know, I mean, how many, how long did, has every guy had to hear that? Who has been maybe a possible successor to the, the Jordan throne? LeBron had to hear it. And LeBron had to hear it. Kobe had to hear it for a while. People forget. LeBron couldn't hit clutch shots until you hit a clutch shot. Carmelo Anthony's not a good basketball player. Shouldn't be in the NBA anymore. He's, he's playing fantastic in Portland. 
He is. Are you are you paying attention to the games? Are you watching what he's doing? Stop with this. This. Oh, don't get me started on Carmelo. It's it's literally okay. I'm going to make a comparison here, and I but I think it's dead on. It's like NASCAR, where everybody has their favorite driver, and everybody else is and crap. If you're, yeah, and and then they have the drivers they hate, like they hate Kyle Busch or whatever. You you got these guys that love their guy. They love Michael Jordan. They love LeBron James or whatever. And that's their guy. That's their personality. We protect you know, them like our family. We do. Because you, everybody's got somebody in your family that's kind of a clown, but you make excuses for them because you love them and you just excuse maybe behavior you wouldn't excuse in somebody else because JR. it's your family. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> JR. <laughs> But it's 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 human nature, right? If if you if you've got an emotional investment in something, it's different. You look at it through rose-colored lenses, as opposed to, I guess, hating on it is the other option that you have. Scoop. Yeah, I I would. I've been in kind of the Giannis court, if you will, for the MVP discussion this year. But gosh, LeBron really he, he made some pretty big statements over the weekend. He played and some lockdown defense. He played really some great defense. I mean, he's leading in assists. You know, I, I look at these stats and James Harden leading in points, but the guy is yeah. such a, <laughs> he's a, he's a one-dimensional player. Yeah. He doesn't play any defense. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to get you very far in the postseason. You want to talk about rings? Can I air something for you that Jay Williams said on the mothership on ESPN about the guy, the beard that you just brought up, James Harden? It's it's a tough form of basketball to watch, in my humble opinion. It's funny. When I see great players play in this league, Doris, when I watch Russell Westbrook, when I watch Giannis, when I watch LeBron James, there's a certain aura they bring to the table. There's a certain energy they bring to the table. You know they want to pursue greatness. When I watch James Harden, there seems to be a little bit more – He's lethargic. He's a little bit more laid back. Um, there's not that same aggression that I see. And he needs to be able to take this team and elevate them the next step. And I haven't seen him do that. I don't question small ball. I question the leadership of James Harden. Basically, says James Harden's not really a leader. And also, Mike D'Antoni's your coach, and it's never going to work. And you're not going to win an NBA title as long as he's your coach. Well, I also think he's selfish. Yes. And he's all about getting those points. Yes. He... It's about that. It's not about team. You know, and, and you'll you'll look and you'll see, you know, there's some games he has a lot of assists, but some of the, just watch him play and the, the dribbling and the one-on-one. Everybody's talking about Carmelo. What's the biggest? Oh, the ISO ball. Kobe Bryant, he's a ball hog. There's nothing, nobody like James Harden. I mean, glue guy, you're a basketball fan. I agree with you 100%. Am, am I wrong? And what's crazy is he also has another player on the team that's just as good as him. And Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I feel bad for Russell. I I don't think that's an ideal situation. I I don't know how he can flourish in that situation. It makes me wonder back when, you know, for whatever reason, for about a year, Carmelo was blackballed after, what, 10 games with Houston. I I sit back and I go, uh, not a lot, not necessarily all of it was aired in public or shared with the media for public consumption. But I wonder if maybe Carmelo... You know, in the locker room, behind the scenes, maybe the management said something to the effect of, y'all want to talk about me like this? Who's this clown you're making me play with? Tell him to pass the ball. Let's play team basketball. We aren't going to win like this. I already dealt with this clown Dan Tony and what you're trying to do. That's probably what happened. Something along those lines. 
I wonder. I wonder. I I don't know. My sense of Carmelo, I don't know that he would say something like that. Not at least not that way. Well, obviously, uh, uh, I, he might he might hint at that, but you could. Very often, people stew over these things and they don't express them, and then they just leave. They go, or you know, the situation changes. Because there's a Syracuse game tonight against UNC, which we talked about in our opening segment of the Sports Illustrated Show here on ESPN Radio, and I'm going to wave to the Twitch.tv Q Sports Talk audience. You might notice the orange shirt. I'm um. I'm a Carmelo apologist. <laughs> I admit it. I raised my hand. You can, I, I admit that. I just, I, I, I've been mostly invested in Carmelo because of 2003. He was on my Knicks and just, I will always root for the guy. I'm happy to see, see his success now. And he probably would have handled it a little bit better, but I really think that he got screwed. I in think Houston. that Houston could have handled it a little better. Agreed. I think they didn't know how to use him. They, you know, they've, there's only one basketball, and they didn't want to share it with him. They didn't want to give him a chance to to warm up. He's in a good place now, and I'm so happy for him. And I'm glad that his performance is shutting up some of the doubters and the haters and the naysayers. Good for him. Can I piggyback off that and say they didn't want him to outshine Harden? Sure. Of course. Absolutely. I think... That's a truly a possibility. And I think that's what that team is. Harden didn't want him to outshine Harden. They should just change the name of the team to the Houston Hardens. <laughs> giggity, giggity. With the beard as the logo? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Like, like, it's all about him. We've got to get Tim Roy, our friend Tim Roy, a broadcast for Golden State Warriors, who's a central, well, he's uh, went to college in Central New York. We'll leave it at that and talk about these fanless warrior games we started talking about LeBron James being in the MVP conversation, some of the lockdown defense and, and why he's definitely got to be in the conversation now. And you just got to accept that. But also LeBron James the other day did say, uh, I'm not playing without any fans. He's changed his stance. And then they also went on to ask LeBron and Cal Kuzma of the Lakers if they've enjoyed as a result of all of the ongoing uh, pandemic, as it's now been called with coronavirus did they enjoy not having media in the locker room pregame? Uh, for both of you guys, not to suggest you guys missed us pregame, but was there any conversation in the locker room? Like, whoa, like they're not in here. <laughs> you, you want the honest, you want the honest, you want the honest truth? Or? No, we enjoyed it. <laughs> Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I was just looking at Michael Benny's timeline, and he has said the Syracuse St. Patrick's Day Parade remains on at this point. The decision on whether to cancel lies with Onondaga County Executive uh, who has been Onondaga County executives who have been in consultation with Syracuse City Hall. So you can you can get your St. Patty's Day parade on this weekend. Okay, so I guess that hasn't affected that yet. Feel good about that? I don't. I'm. If it's a fun day for people, uh, that's okay. Uh, if you're nervous about it, I guess you stay home. I you you do what you want to do. Uh, this is America, right? You can you always know? stay home and drink. Yeah, hey, I'm raising my hand here, Twitch. This is something I've done. I drink alone. 
Yeah! All by myself. Go watch some football. A lot of other people are. So we've been we've been discussing as there's been other things to distract you from the XFL and the fact that Eric Dungy's not playing for the Dallas Renegades, and I can't figure that can't figure that one out. Redonkulous. Just can't. Uh, New York Guardians, Dallas Renegades on Saturday on Fox, 1.497 million viewers. Yeah, ratings, I mean, it's not the most exciting thing, but I guess there's some numbers that back up. We were speculating is is NCAA basketball, is PGA, is Major League Baseball. Are other things going to divert people's attention? Because the XFL is clearly not the NFL, but it's been doing okay. I think it peaked in like week one. There's about four million people, three, three to four million people watching these games because of curiosity. It was week one. You still wanted football because it was the week after the Super Bowl. Holy crap, there's football. It, it, I guess professional football. I mean, it's not on the level of the NFL, but there are NFL caliber players in the XFL. Some guys from the XFL are going to end up in the NFL. Some in the XFL have been in the NFL. But people are still watching this. I mean, NBA on and ABC the other day on Saturday, 1.9 million viewers. XFL had 1.547. XFL on Fox had 1.497. That's right there. Boxing had a million and a half viewers. PGA had 1.7. NCAA basketball on CBS had 1.5. On Fox, 683,000. That's hanging in there. XFL is hanging in there. And... You know what? You're going to see playoffs, and that will re-engage some casual fans that are going to probably tick those numbers back up. I'm sure when you get to the championship, you're, you're going to be interested in that. It's probably going to be Houston, but I digress. Sidebar, I'd rather watch the Doc Dogs than the PGA. I mean, <laughs> it, it, Tiger Woods is the only thing that interests me. I mean, And if it's not him, it's no one else. And those Doc Dogs are pretty awesome. You're going to watch Hot Wing, the Hot Ones show. That's what you're going to yeah, watch. Yeah, well, I like that too. But these, some of these numbers are, it's, I mean, it's some interest in these games. I'm, I'm actually surprised that it's doing as well as it is. The crazy thing is, is in, you know where it's winning in the 18 to 49-year-old demo. If you're in, as many people know, if you're in that demographic, that age range, they want you because you're going to get up off your butt and you're going to go spend money. It's that simple. And they're winning those numbers. That's where the young audience is engaged. That's- Do you know why it's winning in that demographic? Because of the interesting portion that's not just the football, but the challenges. You see that transparency. I think that's helping a lot with viewers. The access, the Oliver Luck transparency. You love him as a commissioner. He's got to flip to the NFL. Yeah, well, He's going to take Adeldo's job. We need him to run the NFL be- instead of that drive-in theater-headed freak. That guy, not a big fan. The forehead is like, you show movies on it. If you missed the other day, Oliver Luck is the commissioner of the XFL, and the access and the transparency and the reassigning of official after even with a replay, they screwed up a call, which you never see them held accountable really anywhere. You never see officials held accountable, but you do in the XFL. It was refreshing this is what Oliver Luck said. This is how you you commissioner, right, Scoop? Absolutely. Here you go. Listen to this. Well, we gathered, you know, very quickly after that game. I think we all realized that uh, we made a mistake. Our officiating crew made a mistake. We had, uh, you know, Dean Blandina, who oversees all of our officials, 
on the line, the referee crew, uh, et cetera, and, and realize, listen, we made a mistake. There's no sense trying to deny that. Uh, let's apologize. You know, I, 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 I felt terrible for the, you know, the Dragons and, and Jim Zorn. They had one more play, two seconds left, and should have had that opportunity. So, you know, I think this, this is my theory because, you know, we allow uh, fans to eavesdrop, to listen in on the conversations between the referees and the sky judge when there's a contested call. I think that's humanized these referees. And I think that fans now begin to realize these referees just want to get it right. But they're humans, and like all of us, we're not infallible. We make mistakes. And when you make a mistake, you know, I was always taught, right, Mike, to, to, to own up to it. Yep, absolutely. And say, we're sorry, we apologize, uh, it won't happen again. Scoop, give me a quick comment on that, because I do have to wrap up our football conversation with something Brady-related for the glue guy who's in with us today. Go ahead. Well, there's a commissioner that's a human, as opposed to the one we have in the NFL who's like a robot uh mouthpiece for these rich guys and and it's all about the shield you know it's not about humanity and human beings the fans it's about the fans and their experience and that's basically what he's saying and i don't even think the nfl cares about the fans i think they care about their tv contract i don't think they care about the fans Scoop and Rain here in the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Joined in studio today, you might have seen a guy who you haven't seen in a while, the glue guy. It's been a minute. Q Sports Talk, Twitch.tv, that's where we are, and you can give us bits. But it always comes down to Brady for this guy because he's a Patriots fan. Every conversation See? into... No, 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 no. Oh, hang on, hang on. Turns every conversation into something about Tom Brady. Charlie Weiss, do you remember him? Who's Charlie Weiss? Used to be a Patriots offensive coordinator. Went on, coached at Notre Dame, and I believe some other places. Houston Texans. Right, that's where it was. Uh, you know, this free agency thing hasn't been easy on Tom Brady. Oh, I don't think he's enjoying the process at all. You know, that's not his way. He's a very business-like, attention for detail guy. I mean, if, if he had his brothers, this would already be a slam dunk lock over with. But I think that the fact that the, the, the fact of the matter is this is a business decision. This isn't a personal, deci- a personal decision or a personnel decision. This is a business decision. Does Bill, what does Bill value Tommy, you know, Tommy with, not personally, but business-wise? What does he think he's worth? And does Tommy think that that's good enough for him? And by what he's worth doesn't mean just how much are they going to pay Tommy. It's what are they going to do to ensure that their offense can produce enough to have a chance to win a championship. Poor Tommy. Better fit for him in San Francisco. Well, he could grow his TB12 brand out there. And go to the Raiders, Tampa Bay. Somebody wants him, right? I'm sure. Oh, it's been tough on Tom Brady with his millions of dollars and his supermodel wife, yeah, and he's tortured right. right now. Poor Tom Brady. Oh, <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah. Let me rosin. A lot of hatred over there. Let me rosin my bow for you, Tom Brady. Let's take a quick break on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. We got an ACC watch party going on tonight. A special watch party for the tournament opener tonight featuring former SU guard Eric Devendorf. While you're watching the game on TV or listening on the radio... 
Pull us up on Q Sports Talk on Twitch for instant analysis and instant reaction. Watch, chat, and for the first time tonight, you're going to be able to call in live during the game with your questions for Devo and share your thoughts on the game. That is tonight on twitch.tv slash Talk. Go Q's. Go Q's. Yeah, definitely. Beat UNC. I want to recap a win tomorrow on the Sports Silly Show. But I, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be fans. We won't the, be having a show in the. Oh yeah, that's right. We're not in here today. Tomorrow with the games being on. That's right. Thank you. That's why you're the glue guy. Uh, but the new normal in sports. It's a very rare situation to have the NBA owners on a conference call. This just does not happen, and this indicates the severity of what they're dealing with. It is going to be a new normal in American sports, effective pretty much immediately. Everything is on the table, is what I have been told by participants in the league in this preparing for this call. Any contingency that you could imagine, suspending league operations, moving games, certainly um, having fans come out. I think that's, I would say, based on what I'm hearing, a likelihood at this point. That, that they will play without fans. They will play without fans in the short-term future, and that was something that will come out of this call today. That was prior to the Golden State Warriors announcing that that was going to happen. This is far beyond the NBA. This even applies to the WWE. When's WrestleMania? Next month. Oh, boy. I mean, does it happen? Tampa Bay is uh, talking whether they cancel it or not. Yeah, I mean, how about that? And Gronk is now signed, uh, since we can talk about your Patriots, in a wrestling context. Okay. He's not a football player anymore. Now he's he's not. a WWE superstar. Tell us about it. Um, well, I don't really know too much about it, to be honest with you. I just saw the reports today that apparently he'll be making his debut next week. Isn't he more in danger physically? Because he's had concussion issues too, right? Uh, concussion issues, not so much, but... The back injuries. I mean, I'm more worried about the back injuries with him. He is slated to appear March 20th, SmackDown from New Orleans, and also at the Tampa event April 5th. But you got to wonder are these things going to happen? We had Coachella, big concert, Indio, California, supposed to happen two weekends next month, now moved to October. Uh, E3, which is a big video gaming expo. Uh, got canceled in June. You know, Pearl Jam was going to open their North American tour a week from tonight in Toronto, 14 cities. They've postponed that. They're going to reschedule those things, those shows, those dates, which they could probably do with some of these other events. But like once March Madness passes or once the NBA season passes, what do you do? You know, some of these things can't be, won't be able to be rescheduled. I wonder about Gronk, though. I mean, is that physically, is that worse for him than the NFL? What's worse? I mean, you get a, you take a lot of physical abuse and punishment in the NFL, but you take a lot in... I, I think they can kind of protect him a little bit. Well, the you know, Rock retired from football because of back injuries. So he, the, the Rock retired from football because of back injuries. He did okay with the WWE for, what, 10 plus years? I guess that's true, but then he got out of that too, and now he's doing the movies. I don't know. I guess it's just, it just all depends on you and the injury, and I don't know. I just wait and see if they actually have WrestleMania. We're going to get out of here for Brent Axe. You're on the block at 4 ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's been the Sports Illustrated Show. We will see you Friday.